Hi, ladies and gents, it's Steve Corwood, and today I'm joined by Nick McDonald. Nick, can you introduce yourself, let people know who you are? Hi, Steve. Thanks for inviting me on the podcast. Um, I'm a podcast virgin. It's my first time, so I hope people find benefit out of this chat. Um, yeah, Nick McDonald. I work for A1 Approved, an administered warranty company, and I also do some FCA compliance for independent dealers and some other non-motor trade retailers. Uh, background in selling cars, business manager, motor finance, and now warranties and compliance. So I've got quite a good rounded view of the motor trade and try to help people wherever I go, really. Definitely. I mean, we've known each other for quite some time now, and obviously you've got quite a lot of knowledge going back for quite some years. Selling, like you say, finance companies, warranties, compliance. Um, so really, obviously, we're just here today just to have a chat, have a talk, and just really get any information from yourself and you see it seeing where we are in today's world and what kind of advice and what kind of things you're seeing dealers doing um, to try and move forward with this COVID-19 situation that we're in. Yeah, it's, um, it's obviously a tough situation everyone's in. Um, one thing that's been interesting is over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of Facebook groups like your own, like, like Motor Trade Talk, yeah. that have come up. And I think that it'd be a much more lonely place if we didn't have those right now. Um, there's a lot of car dealers managing to communicate, take tips from each other, some support, especially on like the grant scheme and things like that, which I think has been a real positive that people don't feel too alone in this time because, uh, you know, in the motor trade, we're used to seeing people, whether it's customers or colleagues every day. And to now be sat at home is very alien to all of us. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think what we've found, I mean, personally, what I found and why we started Motor Trade Talk was the amount of people that we're talking to in general at this moment in time. People seem to be more willing to converse, chat, communicate, collaborate. I keep using them words all the time, but I think it's so important in times like this that everybody is leveraging off everybody else's advice, what they're doing, uh, where they think they can see themselves going and moving forward and taking any of that information to help themselves at the same time yeah it's interesting how in the motor trade on my travels um i always laugh that car dealers think that the idea that they've got is the best idea since sliced bread <laughs> and no one else has thought of it and no one should dare tell anyone else about it but the truth is that there's enough customers out there usually and if we all share some best practice um, you know, and everyone keeps innovating, then the whole trade will move forward and, you know, increase that, you know, good offering that we can give to customers. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. And I think what, what people uh, are starting to understand is that there is enough customers out there. And I, I haven't got a problem sharing anything that we're doing at uh, Motor Connect at the dealership uh, and the other stuff that we're working on behind the scenes. And um, no problem whatsoever from my part, because I know that I look after my customers. If I've got a vehicle or we've got a service that we can offer to our customers, there's absolutely no reason why I should be bothered about anybody else at the same time. And really, we're all in it together. And I think that's really shining through at the minute, not just in the motor trade, but I'm having a lot of conversations with business owners outside of the trade as well. Um, and I think that everybody's looking to try and bounce ideas around and try and work forward and get the best information. Definitely. Um, working, working together is going to be important, I think, as we come out of this as well. Um, I think times are going to change quite quickly. 
So really, at the moment, no one really knows what the landscape's going to look like. I think we can all expect that it'll be quite busy to start with. There's going to be some pent-up demand. But we don't know how uh, buyer behaviour is going to change. We yeah. may see a, a move towards more online purchases, more distant sales, and the you know challenges that come around that. We might see that things just go back to normal and everyone wants to buy from, you know, online classifieds. We might see that social media becomes increasingly important. And there's going to be a lot of learning as we come out of this. And I think it's important that everyone keeps the spirit alive of sharing and helping so that we can, you know, really capitalise as a trade on customer behaviour changes. Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be a little bit of a different world coming out of it. And online is going to be one of them. I think this has probably accelerated that growth a little bit more than anything else. But, you know, from your part, what do you think around, you know, what people can be doing now in terms of being able to pre-prep their vehicles, anything that they can be doing that you think that might be, that might be able to help them when they're back to hitting the ground running? Yeah, well, I've been talking to my dealers for many years about processes. Obviously, I've got a main dealer background. And one of the disadvantages of a main dealer background sometimes is process. People think there's too much process. You know, it's artificial, forcing yourself on customers. But there is a lot of good that comes out of process. They use those processes for a reason. One is controlling the customer, but the other's controlling your business. And I believe that putting a good prep process in, um, as well as a good after-sales process, can actually save you a lot of time and save a lot of headaches. Um, I think some of the things people should be looking at is research on the cars that you're selling. So understand if you're going to be buying a problem. Um, you know, there's forums out there usually for every car for an owners club, or even on you know the on the um, Facebook groups. Have a look at the models you're buying. See if there might be some common problems. Um, for instance, sometimes you'll see pop up on a forum. I've bought a automatic EcoBoost Ford. Well, you've just bought two problems there <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, so understand what you're buying. I think you that's know, a massive part, Nick. And I think you know, I know that we've took that um, rule and we've done that. Well, we've done it really, really from day one. You know, I'm like about process and pretty anal about it. But you know, if anybody's using certain systems as well. DMS providers, um, you know, our DMS provider click, we can get all of that information around all of the cars that we supplied during our sales cycle in terms of what our after sales costs are, our pre-preparation costs, and what will give us a better margin uh, when we're going into market to purchase the vehicles at the same time. So that research for us happens all the time and we're always addressing that. I think that's a really good point that you've made there. Yeah, actually, just buzzing off what you've just said there, I think we've had a conversation in the past before about claims data from your warranty company. And if you can get hold of that, uh, we've, I remember we've sat down previously and talked about what makes and models have had problems, what the average costs have been for those repairs, what have been some of the common faults. And if you can get that data, um, that, that can help you as well with informing buying, buying decisions in the future. Yeah, without a doubt. And that helps in the long run as well. Um, it helps to see and give you a visual on what, what's going on and what you can do moving forward. So massive, massive point. Um, anything that you see in any dealers doing or preparing for, or, or in some cases, obviously we've had discussions where they're not preparing for um, anything, anything other than that that you're getting back from your end? One big thing is uh, pre-delivery inspections, PDIs. Um, there's a big um, 
variation in what prep dealers do to cars. And, you know, I understand that some people like to stock the cars and then send them off the prep when an order's placed. I'm not personally a fan of that. I, I think as long as you've got the funds to do so, it's important to understand what prep's needed on a car. But that prep in itself can vary. Some people, you know, will give a basic oil service and an MOT. But an MOT really only does a visual check, you know, of, um, of a car. And when we're talking like the Consumer Rights Act, which is always something that takes up a lot of dealers' time if they get a complaint, you know, from a customer and they're quoting the CRA. A PDI sheet can really protect you against some problems. And I'll give an example on this. You've got uh, a couple who buy a four-door car, buy a saloon car. It's got electric windows all around. Four months later, they give you a call and say, uh, the rear electric window doesn't work on my car. And automatically, you're going to think, well, you've had it four months. You know, that's, that's not going to be covered. Then they're quoting the Consumer Rights Act. Well, you know, can you prove that that electric window was working at the point of sale? This couple may never have been in the back of the car until they get some friends they pick up who point out the electric window's not working. And for the sake of doing a pre-delivery inspection on the car, where you've just pushed the buttons to check that they work, written it on the sheet, signed it, showed it to the customer to say this has been checked if you want to go back over it you can but we've tested it you understand that this has been checked you've now protected yourself from paying out i don't know 400 pounds for a window regulator and for it to be fixed great advice and that's one of the reasons why we pdi everything um before we sell it at motor connect as you know um we're really transparent with them PDI sheets. We hand them a copy of the PDI sheet on handover. Um, mm -hmm. They get a copy of it. Uh, and really, there's two reasons for that. Exactly. The first one, we're covering our own back. We're showing that we've done it. We're showing that everything's been checked. But also, the transparency aspect to a customer, they think that you know, this is absolutely fantastic. A car dealer is being transparent and giving us the information that what they've done around checking a vehicle. Um, and I think, it, again, it's just another highlight that can save you some headaches moving forward. Definitely. Um, and, and on that point, I, I think a lot of dealers are concerned about being transparent because they think that the, the customer's going to, you know, be worried about there being something wrong with the car. But I'm a big fan of explaining the Consumer Rights Act actually to customers when, when they're buying the car. I, I think in this day and age, when a customer's turned up to buy a car, you know, unless you've done something wrong or they're not happy, they're buying that car, yeah? So to say to them, listen, we've done these checks on this car. We know that it's right when it's going out. If there's a problem that comes to light and it was there when you bought it, we're going to fix that and that's your rights. But if something breaks after you've taken it, and we've already checked that. Unfortunately, that isn't covered under your consumer rights. So you need it to be covered by your warranty. And that can often then lead into increasing warranty sales, but not in a way where you're forcing it on the customer, but where they understand the limitations of their rights and then take some ownership for the vehicle that they're then taking. I think there's two big points you've made there. Setting expectations with a customer through, through transparency. So you're setting the scene. You're already telling them what has and hasn't been done and what rights are available to them. And the other thing, 
upsell of warranty. Obviously, products is a massive thing, and I think it's going to be a massive thing for any dealer moving forward, especially coming out of the situation that we're in at the minute. So just by doing what you're, you're saying there is giving two massive, massive benefits for the dealer and, let's not forget, the consumer at the same time. Of course, it's and we've got to make sure moving forward that when we do offer products to customers, that they genuinely work for them. So that's picking your pro your uh, product providers correctly, but also matching the right products to the customer, because you know the the governing bodies are going to be all over mis-selling, as they always are coming out of a recession where people you know want some some money back for something. So you know if we get it right, you can actually know you've done an honest job, but you know also increase your your profits into your dealership superb and what do you think then nick where do you think when do you think we're going to be back in action when do you think uh, we're going to get back to work in a capacity where we're we're in the workplace what's your what's your prediction i i think it's going to be gradual um i don't think we've seen the peak of the coronavirus yet there's definitely shortages on getting you know ppe testing um, and then obviously certainly a, a treatment or cure so I think until that's in place we're not going to know the answer to that question but I think once we've got that I, I think we'll see a gradual return to work I think luckily the motor trade will be one of the first back I think um, there'll be an understanding that we need to get people on the road and in cars and and we're quite an important industry for that um, if you actually want an answer I think it's going to be three months until we're back able to open doors and have customers visiting but i think there'll be an encouragement to get to work and allow people maybe to you know have cars delivered and collected more uh, you know more formally so i think you know what we've been discussing and what's the highlight of everything at the minute is online sales and obviously yeah. um just from your perspective from a compliance point of view more than anything when we're conducting online sales and we're doing distant selling is there anything that any dealer should be taking note of and taking seriously and any advice that you can give around that? Okay, well, first of all, on distance selling, there's often a lot of confusion about what uh, constitutes distance selling and what doesn't. And if you don't have an organized distance selling scheme, and by that it means that you advertise that you can deliver cars, um, you don't actually fall under the distance selling regulations. Um, so, but now of course we, when you are offering delivery, you do need to be aware of those regulations and really make sure that you've got things in place to support customers if they do have a problem, because you have to understand it from the customer's point of view. If you're delivering goods, you're promising that they're going to be in a certain condition and they're going to be, you know, as described as promised. And ultimately, we do need to accept that some will come back. Um, but I believe that most customers buy a car for a genuine reason. And they're not just looking to spend £10,000 and get it back 14 days later. Because that is quite a, you know, a, a problem to them. It's not easy to, to just come up with that money and then take it back. So, you know, just make sure your processes are in place to make sure your cars are prepped. Make sure they're looked after. Make sure the customer knows exactly what they're buying and um and just go in with your eyes open and make sure that you've got funds available uh, as well to take that car back if there is a problem yeah that's great advice and i think again it comes back to process and making sure 
that you're going through everything and you're setting the customer's expectations at the same time. And um, like you say, funds, make sure you've got some funds available, make sure there's some capital in the bank to be able to work. If you're, if you're looking at pushing in online sales, delivery to door, um, that's something, a major factor that people need to consider. The, the other point on uh, distance selling, because we were talking about product sales before, is that it is more difficult to sell products with an online sale. Most people don't discuss add-ons until the customer's in the dealership. And most customers aren't considering add-ons until they're in the dealership. So you look, need to look at your sales process to see how you're going to integrate that into the online and telephone consultations that you're having with customers. So make sure you've got good information about your products, whether it's warranty, gap insurance, uh, paint protection, whatever else that you're going to offer on your website. Um, don't be afraid to put a price on there so people can build a package and, and include it in the finance package. And also have your salespeople um, willing and ready to discuss these products with customers before you know, a sale's concluded. Uh, because when you're delivering the car, you're not going to have the opportunity to do that. And you might find that your profitability is going to go down if you move into a lot more online sales. Yeah, definitely. And I think everybody just needs to make sure they're tightening up on them processes, um, making sure that they're, they're giving everything they can in a web-based version for everybody to access the information as easily as they can. Um, it's actually given me a couple of points there. Actually, I'll probably go back and take a bit from that <laughs> stuff today. So, but yeah, no, Nick, um, I think that that pretty much covers everything that we were having a chat about. Um, and uh, thanks, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. I know you, you're always active. You're active on uh, social media, LinkedIn, um, Facebook. Anybody needs to get in touch with you. Is there any particular way they can do? Yeah, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. It's obviously just Nick McDonald. You'll find me on the Motor Trade Talk uh, Facebook group, amongst others. Um, and, you know, just um, feel free to connect with me however you like. And I'm always here for advice. Uh, never looking to sell unless you you know you're interested in what we offer um and you know me always trying to help the motor trade and uh, good luck to everyone perfect thanks nick have a good day mate and take care take care